You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? It's Brandon. And it's Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're also drinking bourbon. Yes, we are. Cheers. Cheers. Man, that feels good, doesn't it? It does. It's like we've been a couple of weeks in a row now. It's like almost a real thing now, like a, a regular thing. Woo! Is it good? Today we are drinking. And you know what? We're, 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 just, we're all about trying new bourbons. Go back to the original We're form. going back to the original purpose of the show. Yeah. To have a good time, talk with filmmakers, yeah. enjoy bourbon. Um, and you know what? Anything that comes above and beyond that from brands that want to participate that's bonus. gravy. It's a bonus. Yeah. But today we're back. It? We're back in. We are drinking the original mm. Jesse James, First Taste of Freedom, America's Outlaw, <laughs> America's Outlaw Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, it's great. Did you, you got to read the inscription on the side. The inscription says, Jesse James, in loving memory of an American outlaw murdered by a traitor and coward whose name is not worthy to appear here. Don't even say his name. Don't even say it's his name. It's not worth it. So yeah, this looks like it was made in um, New Hampshire. It's kind of odd. The uh, Jesse James Distilling Company in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Hmm. So there you go, a New Hampshire bourbon. Check it out. Uh, what do you think? I mean, you know, just average. Here's the thing: now that this bourbon's not uh, sponsoring anything, yeah, we don't or have to upsell it. The fact that they didn't give us this bourbon, we can talk all the shit about it we want to. I mean, it's just normal. It's is nothing fancy like, about. Jesse like we've James. said many times, it's I haven't had a bad bourbon yet. There is nothing like a bad. I've never had one that I yeah, want to throw away or spit out. Here's the thing, you know. If you like to try new things, pick yeah. up Jesse James. It's not in a plastic bottle. It we costs say seventeen bucks. It's a glass bottle with a plastic top. But There's some I, compromise there. <laughs> but I I think at this point I'm willing to say, it's. It's average. It's a, it's a mixer. It might be below average. This is a mixing bourbon. It's if you a, like making mixed drinks, if yeah. you like uh, you know to put some coke in there, or sweeten it up sure. a bit, this is perfect. It's got a high rye content, so it's yeah. got a little burn to it, a little, little that spiciness. Also, Spicy. I'm not sure what tavern strength means. It just means that's some, crappy. Uh, that's a buzzword. Yeah. That's a sales tactic. Man, I feel like we're back in the saddle. Yeah. I feel like we're in like episode three right now. Except like way higher production value. Yeah, but I mean, I we're don't, not. There's I no jackhammers going on outside. Of can street. you tell I'm off my my CD, off my creative depression? You've cured your CD. Can you? Yeah. Uh, what was your remedy? What, you know, was I, it, I don't know. It was partially the show. I bet. No, well, yeah, nothing really. I just, uh, you know, just every the sun will come out tomorrow. Everything's tomorrow. gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So no, it, no, just it's been good. Right, good, just day. living life. You know, reconciling. It's, all your... it's more of like I think I'm creatively stimulated. <laughs> You know, I was, I was doing some uh, working on some DJ sets last night. I was up to like <laughs> up to one mixing D- some was stuff. This DJ Dunn did it. DJ Dunn did it. He's All still right. out there. He's been on hiatus for a while, right. but right. is he getting booked uh, anywhere? No Any more club not, showings. Not or? yet. I'm working on some things. I want to invest mm. in probably a controller. Cool. Uh, do some do the, some bot mitzvahs the, and stuff. The iPad stuff is uh, is good, but it's limited. So I'm going to take it up at another level. Very cool. We'll see. Anyways, <clears throat> excuse me, but no, just some fun, creative thinking, some stuff happening. Um, some Nintendo Switch cured. Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> you're, you're climbing mountains in yeah. Zelda, and yeah, you man. Uh, just it's good. Feeling, feeling sunny. It's good times. So awesome. But uh, today's a special day. Is it? Uh, it is. I. You're right. It is Thursday. Yeah, I recommend. I recommended earlier, and you were in agreement. So therefore, it becomes a, 
a thing. Yeah. It's a law at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, we have this great community on Slack. We've got 120 people on Slack. Yeah. Filmmakers. Lots of participation. And we're always having conversations. So I threw it out today. I said, Hey, what do you guys, what do you guys want us to riff on? What do you want us to talk about? And there's an overwhelming number of people who responded. Mm-hmm. And so today's show is all about, uh, Slack. We're going to go through well, it. Well, it's not about Slack. We're not slacking on the show, eh. but we kind of are. Yeah. So we're going to – It's our uh, default mode. Is yeah. So we're just going to shout out to some people and uh, bring up some things that they thought we should should riff on. So Sweet. Start at the top. You ready to do this? Yeah. All let's right. do it. So uh, it looks here like um, at Ben Scott mm-hmm. uh, says that he wished have had uh, wish I would have known that beforehand. Oh, sorry. That was, a, that was a, another comment. Um, He's talking about backup, data backup. Sorry. He had a yes. hard drive failure recently. He says, hey, yeah. at Brandon and Alex, uh, that would be a good topic. Maybe how to be prepared when a hard drive fails and not if it because fails. Because they will fail. So yep. hard drive failure. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, that's something I, I that's think- That's a camera I, department thing, well, right? Well, yeah, but I should probably kick it back to you because you do more of the kind of long-term storage for projects mm. and clients. Mm. Mine's kind of, you know, I may store some personal sure. stuff, uh, but I'm not too worried about it. Okay. so Mine lives on the internet. What do you do in terms here's of my long-term storage? Well, here's, here's my take. Yeah. You got to have a storage strategy, and there's no right or wrong answer here. The, the wrong answer is not having one. The right answer is having one. Everybody's going to do it differently based on their budget, based on their tools, based on their resources. Mm-hmm. If you work for you know a Hollywood DIT operation and you're backing up all the data for a major Hollywood film, you probably have some pretty rad resources for which to do that. Yeah. If you're a run-and-gun uh, filmmaker, one-man one band – you're strapped for cash, and so you know you're you're jumping you know from you know hard drive to hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can do it either way. I'm th- I'm going to throw out a simple fix and a simple something to keep in mind, okay. and it's copies. Have multiple copies, copies on of copies. your pro- projects, yeah, especially if copies. you know that you're going to have to revisit yep. it in the future. Yes. don't just have one. Copies. You're on setting copies. yourself up for failure yep. right there. So here's one of the things that we do. This is if this is helpful, take it and use it. If it's not Leave it be. Um, Every client project we start gets its own hard drive, gets its own. What are you talking? Like a two two terabyte G Anywhere between a 500 to a two terabyte uh, passport. Gotcha. Or a Seagate. Just something small, thin, Mm -hmm. little, portable you can dump on set. Just basic, right? So every project gets one of those. Yep. And then we have our sort of scratch disk uh, hard drives that we swipe after each thing mm-hmm. that we can bring out on location. So on location, we, we you know, it doesn't always happen, but we usually like to have on location two hard drives mm-hmm. to where when we wrap for the day, you've got two hard drives that you're leaving with, with redundant data. Yeah. Then we take those hard drives, go back to the shop. One of them goes directly into storage. So like a locker, just like a, a yeah, metal locker piece of Tupperware, whatever gotcha. you want to do. Yeah. Goes into storage. Um, and that's just raw data storage. Mm-hmm. Client name, done. The other one gets uploaded onto our machine, our working machine, which that is then synced to a backup, to a master server backup. So at this point in the process, after we have done our login capture, mm-hmm. we have one copy. Well, 
actually, if you think about it, if you don't wipe the cards, we have one full copy on the actual card media, mm-hmm. so the uh, CFast or SD cards. We have another copy on the hard drive that's in the Tupperware storage or in your storage on a passport. We have another passport that is being dumped onto your desktop. So at this point, we have one, four. two, three, four things. Yep. That desktop then overnight starts to back up to the main server, five. Five. And then we don't have it implemented yet, but we have a cloud storage solution we're going to be working with, which will be secured offsite. So you will have a sixth. Technically. Then you're going to you're gonna minus two because those SD cards are going to get swiped, mm-hmm. or you're going to minus one or two, however you look at it, the, the total project. Let's call it one. And then the version so on now we're done to, is going to be Now we're done gone. to five. Yeah. Then the passport that we used to to transfer, yep. that one's going to get wiped. So now we got one passport in storage, one copy on our machine that we're working with, mm-hmm. one copy on the Cine server in the back room. So three. And potentially one copy on the cloud, but that's not installed it's yet. It's not yet, yeah. But after you're done with the project. Once the project, we edit the project that's yeah. on our machine. Once it's done, we save it, we archive it. It goes on to deep storage. Mm-hmm. All the project files, the whole deal. After a certain amount of time, we wipe that project off the working hard drive. So then you have two. Then we have the original passport, raw data, no project files, yeah. just raw data. Then we have the Cine server backup, which is your project files in any photos or motion graphics to go with it. Yep. It's it's your solid archived project. For sure. And then anything that's offsite if you have offsite running. So at the end of the day, if our offsite's working, we'd have three copies. For sure. Which is pretty solid. Well, I mean, it's still you've, spotty. But well, but it, you've got that's one. That's how we're doing it. You've got one physical drive and then a fully, you know, cloud-based or whatever backup. Yeah, you should have an offsite location, even if it means taking one passport drive, leaving it at your office, the other one putting it at home or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I so, know yeah. in the in the Slack conversation he was referencing LTO tapes as a form of solid state backup, which is what the big people do. Yeah, here's and the thing. Kind of, here's my take on it. Yeah. Um, Not too expensive, but just Yeah, kind of my annoying. take on it is I think tapes is old. I think it's old. I think it's kind of a it's just not convenient. If you can have you know, at some point the project's just going to die. You know? Yeah. You don't need to bring it back. Uh, or after a couple years, you take your archive drives, you copy them on the new drives, and now they're good for another two years. You know, just it's, it's all what's funny. There's risk either way. Is people always talk about okay, what if we have to revisit a certain project and upres it? Okay, we shot it in 4K. Now 4K is available as a as a viewing platform. Okay, now we need to release a 4K version, so we need to revisit the project, re-output a file. Right. Right. Most of the times that doesn't happen, it, that you're right. It only has a certain lifespan then dies out. The one version I've seen so much of recently is the Cadbury Eggs commercial. Dude, it came from back. From like the 70s you know, or but, 80s. But here's the thing. Anything, 90s, that's, anything that's around long enough becomes antique and or retro. Now it becomes cool again. I know, but it's just funny that if, okay, if they had the technology, say they shot that today in yeah. 8K on a weapon and they released it at 2K or 4K for current viewing. When 8K TVs came out down the line, they'd be able to re-output an 8K version for sure. broadcast again instead of running the standard def tape right. or film version they're running now. Because you can tell the quality difference between normal commercials and that. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. I think it's great. They but... should reshoot it. Just redo the campaign. Well, they should. But they're they're maximizing yeah. that, you know. Heck yeah. So, all right. I don't know if we talked about that enough, um, but... The, the key to uh, to how to be prepared 
is be prepared. <laughs> Have m- multiple <laughs> copies, multiple versions. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, hey, Ben to, Scott. Before we move off that topic, I did remember seeing this from back What's in that? 2014. Sony develops tech for 185 terabyte tapes, 3,700 times more storage than Blu-ray disc. Here's the thing. Anything that's on a tape is going to unravel. Tape's sketchy, man. Yeah, but hard drives, if you don't boot them up ever so often. Not solid state. There's still issues. Mm. But spinning discs. (laughs) So Adam Adam is in the booth, of course. You know, Adam's a guy who has a heart for tape. He loves the old school tape machines, recording music, etc. That's because you get. But a I will also feel. say, you guys have a whole attic full of tape, right? That's not being used. Hmm. I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Adam is saying tape never dies, but I'm going to say hmm. he's wrong. I'm just kidding. So uh, I have no clue. Actually, here's a funny, funny fact. <laughs> Back in 2010, the standard... You can demagnetize tape. The standard record for how much data magnetic tape could store was 29.5 gigabytes per square inch. That's a lot of data on tape. Yeah, but somebody walks in with a magnet, gone. That's why you store it and you have multiple copies. It's cheap. Tape's cheap, man. Come on, guys. But you got to have a reader. Anyways. All right. Moving on. Josh Emerson, a.k.a. Emmy... For those that know him, we'll sometimes call him. He says, Emmy. Uh, I, I don't even call him Emmy. Emmy. What's I up, like Emmy? I think I know him really well. Um, I love to hear some discussion about how to get out of the cycle mm. of doing the work you do and always get to do the type of work you want. Now, this is something we've talked about on the show before. People have asked us about their demo reels, and we tell them to cycle. shoot the work that you want to work on. Yeah, do the, show, yeah, show, the show the work you yeah. want to work on. Yeah. So you know, let's talk about this, Alex. You've tough. You take this one out of the gate because you <clears throat> you probably experienced this more than I. Well, I experienced it too, but you from a different angle. I'm looking at it from more of an enterprise uh, sort of yeah. segment. You're looking at it from a freelancer sort of segment. So how do you how do you keep from getting hired for the same thing? Like you said, you show the work that you want to shoot, but it's tough if you haven't shot it. So there's a kind yeah. of conundrum there that yeah, you get to work past. And, and, you know, I talked to Josh. Josh and I are we're working on a short film this weekend uh, with our good buddy Adam Mark Brown up in, you know, split between Columbus and Cincinnati. A little short film. Josh is doing sound. We had a little text conversation today, and uh, there's an issue there. So if you haven't shot it, you can't show it, right? Uh, the solution right. to that, like we talked about in our text conversation, was doing freebies. That's kind of a, a dirty word in sure. our industry. If you start being known as the guy that does it for free, yep. you start bringing everyone else's rates down, blah, blah, yep. blah, you know, whatever. But if you want to do those types of projects, you have to show them. So you there's there's an issue there. Do them for free. Sure. But let me, let, me, let me interject at this point in time. Yeah. My first feedback, because this is how me and you met, okay, yeah. is be ready when your time comes. Be an opportunist. Okay, so be prepared when the moment arrives. Mm. Um, there was a unique opportunity on the f- first big project we worked together. It was a piece for Carnival Cruise we did in Miami, Florida. And well, yeah, I'm going to stop you there, and I'm going to throw it even further back. the The way that you oh, even approached me about sorry. that was indeed a freebie. Yes, you're man. You're right. Yeah. So go you're back to right. that. Okay, sorry. So before the first big project, I brought Alex on. I 
asked him, and we've talked about this on the show before, mm-hmm. if he wanted to help make a film about a rattlesnake church, yeah. to which he said, count me in. And so we went out. We did it. It looked great. It was awesome. We shared that moment, and we built trust. And mm-hmm. so I think – so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say step one to answering Emmy's question, Josh, step one, focus on building trust with the people that would potentially hire you. Yeah. Good thing that you're good friends with me, Josh, <laughs> uh, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's good. But there's other people besides me that hire cinematographers. So build trust with the people that potentially would hire you. That seems like good advice, right? Perfect advice. You're always doing that. Yeah. You, you have to – it all stems from those relationships. A lot of people talk about you know this industry and say it's not about what you know. It's who you know. And mm-hmm. that, that definitely rings true. But I would go even further. It's not about who you know, but it's about who you know well. True. Because you can know a lot of people. But yeah. knowing somebody doesn't but matter. But if there's no trust, they're not going to You have to know somebody on. and trust them in a way that's unique that really allows you to – you know, because doing business together sure. is sharing life together. You know what I mean? Especially in our industry. You're so, going out on for four days yeah. and sleeping in hotels yes. and going through rough situations with yes. a dude that you just met. Right. That's tough. Right. And so, I mean, so I can say that is is get to know and build trust with the people that you want to work for and the mm-hmm. people that would hire you. Agreed. All right. That's a good takeaway. Build a what relationship. Else? What else? Let's get to the actual content side of things. Well, you know, like that. So uh, if, if indeed you choose to shoot something for free. Yes. Or – Work I, for cheap or I, – I still do it. Or do whatever. Yeah. What type of con- – like how do you want to approach that? So say you – okay, right now, say in a certain sense you're you're stuck doing, you know, corporate jobs. Talking heads. Talking heads, interviews, interview B-roll, you know, day and a half, whatever. You don't want to do that anymore or you want to do less of that and you want to do more narrative. Sure. Say you want to shoot feature films eventually, mm-hmm. right? You have to prove that you can light, uh, you know – work with camera movement, work with logistics, everything that's involved with narrative filmmaking. In order to do that, you know, a, a realistic place to start is in the short film area. Sure. Not a lot of those things have money. Right. So right there, you have an opportunity to, you know, provide a service, work for less than your normal corporate day rate. Sure. But also get some stuff for your reel that you can then present down the road once you've built up enough of right. a a kind of uh, style and whatever base of film and say, Hey, yeah, I can shoot your feature film. Yes. So, so look for opportunities outside of your general revenue stake. I would go ahead and say you could, you could plus up something without giving it away for free. So for instance, you're hired to shoot a corporate Mm -hmm. talking head video. I would here's a just I, well, just let me finish. Okay, let go me ahead. finish. Jeez, I know, I know. I'm I'm, I'm good anxious. lord. I'm what eager. I'm saying is, is if you if the you have the trust with the client, yeah, you could say, hey, um, I'd love to try something new for this project. Uh, I'm willing to to uh, to to donate a day shoot of my time mm-hmm. to shoot really interesting B roll and. Don't don't show it as a donation. Just show it as a credit on the invoice. So mm. you invoice them for say twenty thousand, but then you show a credit for ten thousand for the for the the free day. Yeah. So that they know what it actually costs. So then when when they fall in love with it, oh, we love the B roll thing. When you come to the next shoot, they're not surprised. They see it. They knew it was twenty. You yeah. just happen to give them a credit. Gotcha. And so, always show the time you put in. Don't ever, don't ever let them think it only cost ten thousand when it was really twenty. So, show them the twenty, give them the credit for ten, 
They know they're getting a deal. They fall in love with it. Now they're willing to spend 20 because you just showed them something. Now you're not just shooting talking heads. You're shooting, you know, interesting branded content that, that has a story, which might open the doors for you to move into a different space. For sure. And I should have let you finish. That is a strategy. I thought you were going to say, I, I started hearing talking heads in corporate and free. Yeah. And my thing was like, oh, no. never give anything to no. free. Everything, I don't even, free get, I don't even do free for like, no. you know, local musicians. No, no, no. I would, I would always say, you know, hey, what do you have to offer? Exactly. There's got to be a, a bargain. But th- my thing, okay, so n- nothing that's ever client-facing or public-facing that is tied to a brand, I will never give that for free. Right. You're working with a brand. You have a certain amount of money, et cetera. You know, you're a, a company. For short films, I frequently do those for free. Sure. Especially with, with good friends that I have a good relationship with. Like Adam, like Brad, like right. you, that's a worthwhile investment in cool. I've both got some time and energy. Projects I need you to work for free for. Yeah. Okay. If there's anything <laughs> brand involvement, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, everything I touch is brand involvement. No. No. Kill game is brand. Kill game. Brandon. Brandon. Oh, you're you're so funny. Uh, yeah. All right. So, anything else you want to add to that comment? Uh, I would say okay. So, just to cap it off, look for the projects you do want to do. If you're sure. stuck in corporate, you want to do narrative. Seek out some short filmmakers, build a relationship, um, you know, work a deal, see what you can, how you can do the project. Mm-hmm. It may, honestly, in my, in my sense, I've actually invested some of my own money in some of these short films and some of stuff like yes. that. It could take that. Yeah. But if your goal is to build up a base of footage, you know, and say, hey, yes. I can shoot short films, it could take that. Now, here's something else. This is very practical advice. Say no. Good. Now, this is something that me and Alex have both done. For a while, mm-hmm. uh, Alex, there was a lot of projects that you you would almost say yes to every project. Yeah. But now you're more selective. A lot of that was a concerted effort for you to say, no, these are the types of projects I want to do. So Fair. I don't – very often, except for major Hollywood films, do you ever, quote, operate? Yeah, true. Correct? Correct. Very. You yeah, basically absolutely. decided, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. I am a director of photography. Rebrand myself. And so I, I, I would never even call you. Yeah. I would just be like, oh, I'm not going to call Alex for this. Um, that's just not what he does. Yeah. So I would say job- – I've done that. I will say I've done that f- four times now. Yeah. Which is terrifying every single time. Talk about it. Take us through the cycle. Yeah. So I started out, uh, you know, like a lot of people do, as a PA, as a production assistant. You came up from the bottom? From the very bottom. You're like bottom. Drake. Yeah. Started, started from, from the bottom. bottom. Now I'm here. Now you're here. Exactly. Views from the six, I mean the 513, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I started as a PA. I did three, four jobs as a PA. Okay, this is out of college? Out of college. I moved to From the Chicago. great Ohio University? The fantastic. Bobcast? That was in your swimming days, right? I'm sorry, it's the Ohio University. Sorry, the Ohio University. Yeah. And you were, that was in your swimming days, right? It was in my swimming days. Only freshman year, though. We got yeah. cut. Was, was that before or after you were a lifeguard? Uh Along the same line. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. It right. kind of goes hand in hand, water. I right? always feel water. safe with you, buddy. You should. Always I'll save your safe. life. Uh, so I started as a PA. I did three or four jobs after I moved to Chicago. Okay. Um, both there. I did a couple in Chicago and then a couple in uh, Cincinnati. Yep. Driving back and forth, spending a lot of my own money yep. just to show up. Yes. And make connections. Putting um, in time. After like the fourth one, I said, I... I know too much. Yep. Or maybe I was just a little too hot headed and a little too egotistical. Sure. 
I said, I'm done. I'm not doing yeah, this anymore. I'm not a I'm, PA. I'm worth more than this. Nothing wrong with PAs, by the way. No. PAs are amazing. It's a vital, you know, but if you want to be a producer, if you want to be a production assistant, you got to make a, a jump. Production manager, you have to stay in that All right, track. So you say, I'm not going to be a PA anymore. What were you? Well, that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a producer. All right. Well, what were you? So I was like, I'm not a PA. And I, I'd been doing a little, you know, learning a little bit about grip and all that. I got an opportunity to do one grip job while I was a PA. And? Did the grip job. And then I eventually said, I'm done PAing. I'm a grip now. Bam. I'm Boom. a grip. I'm a grip. Don't ever call me for PA stuff. I'm a grip. It's not worth my time. You leveled up. In my mind, I did. <laughs> you leveled up. Maybe not actually <laughs> leveled up. But sure. In my mind, I had the skill set and the, the willingness to do all it. Right. And so I said, I'm done. I'm, awesome. a, I'm a grip. Slow period. Boom. Yep. Done. You're not working. Yep. People have to realize and trust that you're actually what you say you are. Yes. So I finally get another grip job. You know, months go by. Yes. I'm like scraping by on rent, eating yes. ramen, whole nine yards. Yeah. Like, you know, back to college, Man. basically. I hear the I hear the uh, Eminem right now. Exactly. You gotta right? lose yourself. I, got, the, I mean, this is your moment. Yeah. You got there are one times shot. where I had spaghetti on my sweater. Spaghetti on my sweater. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I get another job. Finally. I'm a grip. Okay. It's a longer job. It's a film. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. I do 18 days as a, as a grip on a feature film. Amazing. Set. You and made so I do, it. You're in Hollywood. You made it. Yes. And then I do, uh, you know, after the movie's over, there's a huge slow period again. Sure. And I do a commercial as a grip. Okay, sweet. Whew. This is actually, this might work. So you're a grip at this point. Yeah. I might not have to go back to being a PA. Yeah. There's always that, you know, when you level up, <laughs> there's that thought that you might have to step back. You might come back. Yeah. But, but you can't do it. Sure. If there's, you know, even if you've got to beg, borrow, and steal, you got to draw a line in the sand. You got to, yeah, exactly, draw cool. a line. So right. I'm a grip. Eventually, I'm like, ah, I'm not a grip. I'm a gaffer. <laughs> like, I want a light. Elect- I like lighting. I like lighting. Yes, so I'm an electrician, but I eventually want to be a gaffer. Mm. So I do a couple. I got projects. some work at that at my house. I might need you to step in on. It's fine. I've been doing it. Stuff. Been doing it in my house. Um. <laughs> So I do a few jobs as an electrician. You're not certifiably an no. electrician. No, 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 no. Okay. Not this, at all. I want to make sure everybody knows. No. Yeah. This no, is no, the no. position of electrician. An on-set electrician. Yes. Yeah. So but I'm, are, on most films- I'm sorry. It should be called lamp operator. On most, yeah. on most film sets, if you had an electrician title, you would actually be a certified electrician, right? No. Really? Nope. I thought, you, I thought that was like a, like a union thing. No, I like, mean, you no. Know what I mean? You're, you're, like, not what like if you, you go got to rewire a panel? That's again, like, there's like codes. There's like comes, OSHA codes. Exactly. Again, it comes down to trust. Okay. You only hire those people on those projects if you have issues like that that you know can handle it. Sure. Like Whitey. You know, we'll, sure, we'll, sure, we'll, sure. Whitey knows how to, he could do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. He could rewire whatever, relamp, re, right. you know, solder, do yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, I've actually learned a lot from Whitey on that yeah. front, uh, which we still have to have him on the show. I know. Like, Why has he not been on the show? He loves bourbon. He's a um, legend. But anyway, so I say I'm an electrician. I'm an electrician. By the way, this show's going great. I feel good. I feel sure, like good. we're back in the saddle. Hold Man, on. we're hitting our stride. Gotta, Let's get another pour i got to pour some more Jesse Let's James. Let's get another pour. On it's, it's You're a, still kind I feel of... like an outlaw today. <laughs> um, Just don't get shot in the back. Right now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone listening is going, yeah, Brandon definitely is bipolar. <laughs> yeah, last week he was like They're on the like, verge of oh, quitting the yes, industry. yes, clearly. <laughs> clearly he is. Oh, uh, anyway. Okay, to continue the tale, the Jesse James yes. outlaw so, tale. Yes, so you're now an electrician. I'm an electrician. Okay. And I Did you get hired as an electrician? Not, yeah. Well, okay. here's the thing. So a lot of those positions on smaller sets 
overlap a lot. Right. Where people are like, Grip oh, and electric. I need a grip. Now go set up that light. Sure. And you're like, I'm a, I'm a grip. You're, you're, a, swing, you're a swing man. You're a swing man. You're a swing man. Let's Not be a honest. swinger. You're a you're swing, swing man. man. <laughs> yeah. You're a guy who can kind of do both. Exactly. So you, you learn a little bit Which of Which is a highly valuable guy. Well, for or, sure. Or girl. For sure. If you can do both, you're, you know, smaller yeah. sets, you are highly valuable. Or even if you want to bounce around from one to the other, which I did a lot of. Yeah. One day you're a grip. The next day you're an electrician. Then you're sure. a gaffer. Then you're a camera operator. Then yeah. you're a, I did a lot you of You like that. your variety. So, uh, yeah, I do a bunch of stuff as an electrician. Um, a couple movies. Uh, gaffed a few commercials. Really small stuff. All the while shooting stuff on the side. For sure. free. Sure. Mostly. Short films, music videos, things yeah. of my own making. Eventually, I build up enough of a reel of stuff that I've shot for free. Sure. Now, real quick, did you ever go from electrician to gaffer? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. You That's missed that said. jump. No, no, I said that. Sorry. I, gaffed, I, I, I missed that jump. I gaffed a few commercial So, projects. at some point yes. in, the, in the deal, you're like, uh, I know how to light shit. Yeah. And then you were like, eh, so boom. I, Next thing you know, people are like, oh, yeah. Hooked up with a few people you know, that wanted to focus more on the operating, the directing. Excuse me. They let me take care of the lighting. Whatever. And right. when you're working with a gaffer, it's it's kind of different. Some people you can trust fully with the lighting and say, hey, yeah, just yeah. do this. Others need to Other be connected. Other DPs will say, hey, this is what I want. Um, Feel-wise, technically, you figure out how to get there. Sure. It just you know, all depends. It just depends. But either way, you're shooting stuff, and now you're like, you know what? I yeah. really just want to do this. Then I say, I'm, I'm just a camera operator. Or I'm, <laughs> I don't even think I went there. I was like, I'm just – I'm a DP now. Yeah. I kind of ju- jumped the uh, shack, right. as well, our friends. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you, would say. your nose was to the ground. My nose was to the <laughs> pile of ground stone. Actually, yeah. Uh, Josh also chimed in on that and, and clarified it is nose to the grindstone. <laughs> Last week we kept yeah, saying to grind. The, to I the kept ground, saying to the ground, or, and stone. I said to the grind. I said to the ground stone, and yeah. you said to the grind. Yeah. Um, grindstone. Anyways, uh, why would you want to sharpen your nose? <laughs> so here's the thing. But after the rattlesnake Documentary, bit, yeah. Sorry. The rattlesnake bit happened because you were working as a gaffer or a, a grip, grip. A grip. On a, on a corporate video shoot. Yes, which involves setting up lights. So I was a right. swing man. For a, as, <laughs> for a meat packing. <laughs> you were a swing man for a meat packing show. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's I mean. Uh, that was a low point in my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. No. That, was, uh, that was quite the interesting shoot. Meat packing. Yeah, the meat it's packing. It's actually frozen yeah. breakfast food. Anyways. <laughs> uh, and that that was the moment where I think we may have had a conversation on set that day where you Barely. were like, where you were, I think there was a conversation where you were kind of like, yeah, I'm a DP. I was like, I shoot. You were like, I shoot. I shoot. Yeah. I'm a shooter as well. And that's what led me to asking you to come to the rattlesnake yeah. thing. To which that, we built such good trust because you climbed a coconut tree for me. No, that was in carnival. <laughs> Sorry, that You're was in like carnival. twisting everything together. Sorry. Yeah. We built the trust in the rattlesnake. Yes, that I invited you to carnival. Carnival. Yes, and I said I think you, I think you'll hit a home run here. Yep. And then at that point, once you climb a coconut tree and you you <laughs> with your bare feet, yeah. you shimmy up a coconut tree and get me a coconut because you were feeling down. That is that is that's how you get loyalty for life. So Josh, this has been a long story to get to your question, but here's the yes. thing: it's about building trust, you need to do something significant for the people that you're going to work for, the people you're going to hire. Yeah. That allows them to say, "Oh, he's my guy." Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you can climb a coconut tree, that never hurts. Never hurts. Never hurts. So, all right. <laughs> wow. Um, 
Hopefully, yes. anybody listening gained right. some form of nugget so, of information. So, uh, A, A it on a- Slack says he thinks it would be cool to have a DIT Agreed. on the show. Agreed. That's a, an undervalued so, position, especially on larger productions. Actually, you know, uh, we could bring on um, Anthony Reese in L.A. He was on some films doing like sort of like a large scale well, data operation. Data management. Yeah. There's a there's a big difference between uh like a data wrangler sure. or an archiver or you know uh that in an actual DIT. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that is something that we will address. We'll we'll have somebody on that can explain the difference and kind of walk you through sure. uh what a true DIT does. Yeah. All right. So who else we got on? But that? no, we got to have Anthony back on for sure. Uh Ben Ben Scott. Yeah. At Brandon and Alex, I have one. It, one thing I want you to talk about. It's a term, a term that drives me crazy, but interested in what other people think. What does it mean when you uh, when a client says that they want something cinematic? In quotes, cinematic. Cinematic. So you're, you're on set. There's a there's a client. They're like, ah, I don't know. I just yeah, I don't I don't know if I like that shot. I, I want something cinematic. Yeah. Give me something cinematic. How would you deter? How would you define that? As a, from a director's yeah. standpoint, I, I right? think I try to look at so with clients, I try to put myself in their point of view, which is not going to have the same reference from a film perspective due to experience. So I would yeah. say, okay, if I am a non filmmaker, cinematic to me it means that it's what they see on the movies, mm-hmm. which then I would make a parallel jump and say, oh, they are talking about camera movement. They're talking about jibs and dollies Mm -hmm. because that's the major differentiation between cinema and regular TV. So the news, it's all tripod. A lot of things on your lower scale video production uh, is all handheld or it's, you know, sort of loose. Once you get into cinema, you're doing major 50 foot dolly shots, car rigs, steady cam, uh, advanced aerial, a lot of dolly. And so it's a lot of it built on camera movement that I think, to me, screams cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, there's a lot of movies that were all, shot all handheld, and and there's different reasons why those feel more quote cinematic. But, but my first go to would probably address camera movement. Nice. And so I would probably say to a client, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're thinking," and I would maybe give them some looks based on traditional like dolly moves or jib moves. Whether I have a dolly or jib doesn't matter. I would simulate that handheld and say, "Is this kind of what you're talking about?" Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. If if at that point they were like, "No, that's not it," I would probably then talk to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would probably say, "Alex, look, make the cinematic." I don't know what they're talking about. They're not talking about a jib or dolly shot. What what, what would you do? How would you approach it from camera? There are three things that I would uh, put in that basket of cinematic. What a show. We got stuff happening today. Three things. Nice. Seriously. All right. One's your movement, like you're talking about. Okay. Two's your framing. Yes, composition. Both composition and your aspect ratio. Yeah. A lot of people, when they say cinematic, they like that widescreen. They just want black bars. Two, three, nine. Slap two black bars, one on top and the bottom, and done. Done. Cinematic. Boom. <laughs> so, um, so, so the next time it was at Ben Scott. Next time yeah. a client says that, whip out some gaff tape. Just put it on the monitor. Throw it on the monitor. Say, I'll do this in post. Yeah, <laughs> and say, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> so movement. What was your third? Uh, aspect ratio and depth of field. Mm. That's a huge one. So when the five D yeah, came yeah, out, yeah, yeah, when yeah. the DSLRs came out, you could yeah. shoot everything at a one four. Everybody was like, Ooh, and have the background cinematic, just yeah. super blurry. 
Yeah. They're like, oh my God, it looks like a movie. Absolutely. No doubt. It's because it's you, you have shallow depth of field. Right. Because films, TV are shooting with really nice glass. Well, it's a bigger sensor Big or sensor. You know, film frame. Yeah. So you, you have that depth of field. Right. Unlike uh, your early like a news cams. Thirds inch chip, which everything's in focus sure. or whatever. Uh, so those are the three things movement, aspect ratio, and depth of field. If you throw those yes. three things together, you shallow your, your depth yep. of field up, you slap some black bars on it. Yep. Uh, or you shoot with anamorphic lenses, or and you, then you move the camera in a yes. fluid, smooth way. That looks cinematic. Yeah, I think those are the things I would tackle. So if a client says that, I would start start with one of those. Yeah. So throw the throw the the camera deep into uh, the like the depth of field and be like, how's that feel? And then they might go, oh yeah, that's what I meant, or yeah, yeah that feels better. If not that, then you know throw some mo- camera movement on it. Oh yeah, that feels better. If not mm-hmm. that, switch an aspect ratio or show them something outside of sixteen nine or whatever, and they might go, oh yeah, that feels good. That feels better. And yeah. if that's not it, I mean, well, at I, that point, I think you're moving away from camera and gear, and you're moving more into performance. Here's you're moving thing. into art direction. In the angle, you know, art direction is huge. Uh, w- when someone, a client, brings that up, I think the first thing I would ask for, and I do this a lot. Somebody says, oh, I want it to look like this. Sure, a reference. My first thing is show me a reference. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, okay, you want it to look cinematic? You what want it to look your, like the Matrix? What is your idea of cinematic? Uh, hey, DIT, can you bump up the green? Yeah. Bump the green up. Super green, super contrasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super slow-mo. Uh, but nice. yeah, ask for a reference. Yeah. If their reference There's is- There's nothing wrong with a reference. Yeah, like a, a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Sure. Then you know the, the ingredients they're looking for. Right. If it's something completely different, super VFX heavy and handheld, or I don't even know what yeah. the combination is, you still have a point of reference. There you go. You know, so, uh, something to draw from. All right. So let's move but yes, on. I agree. That term is very overused, and it's annoying <laughs> Cinematic. when it gets brought up. Um, let's see here. Our good friend Joe. Joe from New York. Joe Ville says, how to deal with clients – that, it's all client <laughs> that keep pulling in new eyes, new eyes, so new new points of view in the twenty fifth hour. Yeah, um, to square in the balance, the yeah. balance between making clients happy and standing your ground. Um, or an hour riff on Busey, <laughs> <laughs> or he wants us to riff on Gary oh, Busey. We We're going to have a whole Busey. Gary Busey show. Which we've determined is impossible. I don't, I don't know. We're going to try ah. to get him on the show. I have actually – No. I will tell the story another day, but mm. I've actually talked with Gary Busey on the phone. Yeah. And we're going to – we're, we're working on it. did go very well. We're working, <laughs> we're working on it. Stay tuned for, our next, for another podcast at another time where we really get into the Gary Busey story. Yeah, that's a whole podcast. It's right a whole thing. Uh, so, anyway. uh, but for now, uh, how to deal with clients who bring in uh, new voices, new feedback at the twenty fifth hour? Joe, I think that's a great question. I think anyone who works uh, for a company or as a freelancer has to deal with the fact that you put in all this time, all this effort, all this work. You show the edit, and then boom, voila! In walks Shirley. Mm. Shirley's from God. Shirley's from New Shirley's York. from sales. She's from New York, too. and then yeah, yeah, and then in comes uh, in comes in Ronnie from purchasing of all departments. God, why the hell LA. is he even there? Yeah, Ronnie from purchasing is there. Uh, he feels obligated to weigh in on the situation, mm-hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, "What the crap is going on?" Uh, so here's the thing: I'm going to share my experience with this. Um, you have to hold clients accountable you can only do this if you put it in your sow 
also referred to as a statement of work, Mm -hmm. which is also referred to as your contract. Now, if you're a freelancer out there, my guess is your contract is pretty loose-goosey at this point. You might not have a tight and right contract. Stage one, get a contract. Know what it is you're doing, how much it costs, what it includes, how many rounds of revisions, how many edits, how much time on set. Everything you can think of within reason, you know, you don't want to squelch it too much that then all of a sudden nobody wants to work with you. But put in there, even if it's in fine print, put in there these stipulations and you need to outline and then clearly communicate that. Dear clients, this is a rough cut. You are allowed to make your primary changes now. Primary changes include all major changes. Go. You get those changes back. You make them. Dear client, this is your secondary rough cut. All primary changes have been applied. You may now make secondary changes. Secondary changes are the following. Small timing tweaks, audio cues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you say, okay, client, this is your final cut. I'm delivering it. It includes all primary, all secondary changes. Everything's locked to picture. Sound is mixed. Color grade is there. And you are now allowed to make quality control tweaks. Quality control tweaks include misspellings of important people's names, Pantone colors of your brand, etc. Nothing to do with timing, nothing to do with the edit, nothing to do with all of the other approvals. You can't make script changes at this point. Um, that's what you're limited to. If the client wants to make changes over and above those, you simply say, oh, not a problem. We'd love to do that. That's going to be you know, $100 an hour, $50 an hour, $300 an hour, whatever your rate is. You'll say, I'll gladly do that for you. Here's my rate. It's going to take me probably about five hours to make that change. So here's the end cost on that. I need you to sign off on this. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, you will start to find your clients giving concise feedback, organized feedback, and they will start to tell Ronnie – from purchasing, and Shirley, where was she from? She was from New York. She was from sales. But sales in New York. Shirley, yeah. they no longer show up because They're not allowed. Because here's why. You have now put a cost to those voices. Money talks. So there you go. Put a price on it. Nice. Was that good? It was a brilliant. Cheers. I'm going to cheers right. you for that. <laughs> cheers, yeah, thanks. You, you put that... Uh, wow. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You got to hold people accountable. Otherwise, the world will walk all over you. To expound on that, to expand on that, um, I've seen a lot of people. Sorry, let me just clarify. Go ahead. Keep in mind what I said. It has to be in that contract. Yeah. If it is not in that contract, it is unfair to your client. You are now an asshole because you're coming to the client after the fact and giving them stipulations that they did not know about or agree to. That'll be the last job you do with that client. So the contract is crucial. Mm-hmm. Get it done right in pre-pro and during the contracting phase, and everything should go smooth afterwards. And if it doesn't go smooth, everyone knows the rules of the game, yeah. and they are willing to cut the check to make the changes. Yes. Prior to the contract Sorry. phase, I've seen a lot of people uh, putting that kind of a plan, an idea, here's how our mm-hmm. business works, on their website. They'll say, oh, yeah. with our company, when you come to us, yeah. what you'll get is These you'll are, get yeah. a, a rough cut, a secondary sure. rough cut, yep. a final cut, yep. blah, 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 blah. And they'll lay it out in this yep. like a nice, cool, animated mm-hmm. whatever yes. or a pictograph and say, this is what to expect when you work exactly. with all, X company. All of our yeah. contracts, SOWs, have a 
a whole section that is called production assumptions. Yeah. These are all of the assumptions you need to know of how this is going to go down. What to expect. Yeah. Yes. So if you lay that out prior to anybody even contracting you, you're already you know, heads and tails above everyone else. Yeah. Be transparent, I guess, is the is the what it comes down to. There you go. All right. We got Iliu. Uh, E I E L I U. How would you say that? Aliu. Aliu. Yeah. We uh, we've actually had a nice conversation on. Site. Oh yeah. So what's re- you got his thing there? Read his thing. Yeah, Elio Corniel. Yeah. Um, you he. Yeah. Hold on one sec. Elio says, "My favorite episode ever is when you talked about the making of the University of Cincinnati commercial. Uh, that was an award-winning spot. It was multiple award-winning." Heard it by the time that the commercial was already launched, and that allowed me to listen and stop podcast and go back and watch the commercial and the BTS. It was educational and inspiring. Agreed. Was I that, thought that was one of our best yeah, episodes. That was we, a good episode. Uh, we were able to break it down. I don't know. I feel like this is our best episode. Uh, this is such a great episode. Anything where we involve our dedicated Slack community is a good episode. Yeah, this is a good episode. Right? Um, um, so anyway, to – talk back to you to to respond yeah to you. it really wasn't a question no it wasn't a question but it was we're good, chiming in good insight uh yeah as those commercial spots whatever come out we'll definitely yeah. be sure to break them down i yeah. think that's what people want to hear is how did you do it what was well, going me, on in your mind let me let me put a build on this yeah um from a company perspective if you are making videos for a living whether you're a freelancer or you're a production company if you are not creating case studies and doing behind-the-scenes content, you're missing out. It's potential, good potential clients, potential agencies that want to hire you want to see you in action. They want to know that you have a point of view. They want to know that you know what you're doing. When you can show behind-the-scenes, when you could break something down and say why you did it and show how you did it, you become more of an authority yeah. on the subject matter. Well, here's a question I had. Hence, you build trust. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, so the BTS for Cincinnati for UC was yeah. awesome. Oh, that was great. And that was something that you and that they involved, uh, or they put into the premiere at UC with all the Correct. student staff, whatever. Yep. Was that a cost that you built into the pitch or was that something that you incurred yourself because you yeah. knew it'd be a good marketing no, We invested, we took away from our bottom line and invested, okay. actually had Josh Emerson. Yeah. Uh, shoot that. I don't know if he wants to shoot those anymore. He, he he's, killed it. Yeah, yeah, but he's thinking about doing other things. So he might come to me next time and say, no, I don't do that content. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, why? And he's going to be like, I listen to your damn podcast. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> laying down the never bar. again. <laughs> I start to lose all my great uh, freelancers because they're all saying no. And I'm like, ah, crap. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but, so, you, uh, yes. you so, yeah, that we, I called Josh yeah. and, I, and Josh is just, he's really talented. He can do a lot of things. Um, and I said, hey, man, can you just make this happen for me? Shoot it, cut it, edit it, the whole deal, and yeah. deliver me the final. And he just – he crushed it, man. He's, he's awesome. So you invested though. That wasn't something yes, that, that no, you approached. That was not UC a part of the budget. And said, we, that came out of our, our bottom line. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Again, investing in what you know will help you in the long yes. run. Yes. Cool. All right, we got one here from oh god, firehouse. Firehouse. This is gonna be something to do with black magic. Ah, uh, Wes. Let's see here. Good old. He West. says, "I do kind of miss the Q and A segments from the old days." Old oh, days. He's an old. He's old time. That was like three months ago. Uh, but I think having a DIT on would be cool. Uh, nice to balance out the meta conceptual stuff with some nose on the Paula Poundstone <laughs> daily skills. <laughs> Oh, geez. I thought that was awesome. What a comment! Yeah. Um, that's fun. I responded to him there. 
Uh, and then he went on to yeah. say, uh, Brandon, a breakdown on the Mentos commercial uh, that we showed would be cool. So if you if you go to leapframe.com, um, you'll see a project we did for Mentos. I'm, I'm assuming he's wanting to know a breakdown on the how we shot it on the. Didn't was, you do a BTS? We did a, yeah, there is a BTS on leapframe.com. You shot that? No, Angus. Uh-huh. Angus Oborn did from New York. Nice. Um, but it was. Uh, you, no, he shot the BTS? No. That's what I mean. Oh, 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 no. That was uh, Michael. Oh, yeah. Michael yeah. Holder. That's right. The yeah. comedian. He's been on the show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, you know, a Sony FS7. We shot at uh, 120 frames per second. Not 180? 240-something. I don't know. Whatever its highest capacity was, we shot at that. 200? You maxed it out. I'm not sure. It's 240. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the shot itself took, you know, five seconds to pull off, but it was really just all about a full day of, of you know, uh, makeup and hair and costume and art direction and it was just really about a lot of blocking. So the key to shooting something at a high frame rate that's only going to take two seconds to happen, everything has to happen perfect. So you have to really take a lot of time to block it out. Everyone needs to know on action exactly what they're going to do because whatever they're doing is only going to happen for a second. Um, so the pre-production was crucial on that, the blocking, the kind of walking through what's going to happen when we do this, and then sort of elevating the pressure with everybody saying, hey, don't mess up. We've got one take. How many times did you run it? To be honest, we ended up using the first take. <laughs> yeah, but how many times did you? Do uh, it we ended up just to have it. We ended up running. We did maybe five times. Five times. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so I, I obviously I wasn't there. I was not available for this project. You you brought sure. in Angus from New York, who I still haven't met, and I'm excited to meet because <laughs> he sounds like an awesome he's, dude. He's literally one of the greatest um, human beings on the planet. How break down kind of the from your perspective, mm-hmm. from the director's perspective, approach. What did Angus do to you know, be able to accommodate the high frame rate um, yeah. aspect of this? Well, I think whenever you're dealing with high frame rates and you're dealing with sort of like low margin of error type of productions, mm-hmm. you want to have somebody on your team who's really smart. And I think the thing that Angus is really good at, he's kind of like a, a gearhead, science freak sort of guy. He, he's a, he likes to tinker. He has a... He has an old Datsun, uh, yellow Datsun uh, car that is like his baby, and he like rebuilds the engine. Datsun and, and tweaks on it. Yeah, wow. it's uh, I think it's an Australian thing. They were his dad had a Datsun when he was younger. God, uh, we need to get him on the show to talk about the Datsun. Let's uh, talk about a lot of so, stuff. So, anyway, he's just kind of a gearhead, techie guy. He's the kind of guy where when you when you throw out, hey, I got this project, he comes back with twenty different questions, and they're all like so over my head, and they all like <laughs> include like. Like, he'll get down to, like, he'll start talking about, like, the codec. Like, what codec do you want to use for the blankety-blank-blank, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude. Highest quality just one? Just give uh-huh. me a ProRes. Like, yeah. <laughs> just give me, like, a QuickTime. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you want to have somebody on the team that thinks like an engineer, and that's definitely what he, he was able to do. So brought him in, um, you know, a day early so we could just kind of hang out. And uh, and he just asked the right questions and, and works with the right team. We got him uh, hooked up with um, – the best AC in town, uh, well, one of we got lots of best ACs in town, but Amy, um, Amy, we had Amy on ah. on the deal, and uh, she's my dude. She connected the day before yeah. he. She connected with him the day before at camera department. They built the camera. They talked through things. They had a plan. So I think really it's just about planning and strategy and having the right team, the right equipment, and the right approach. And at that point, just you know, trusting those guys to just get it done. And so. You know, he had all the math worked out on, you know, how quick the shot needed to be for the playback time versus 
the amount of track we laid to get the run and have enough room for the people to to cross paths and kind of bring it to life. So nice. So yeah, I mean, I just you know really at the end of the day, trust the technical. I just, yeah. I just hire the right people. That's a lot of what uh, producing and directing is. Oh yeah, you know I think uh, right Tar- Tarantino said a lot of that too. Is like uh, once you step on set, it's, I'm glad uh, you referred to me as uh, you put me in the same sentence as Tarantino. I you know, <laughs> tend to uh, think of you too, pretty much the same, <laughs> identical. Uh, but no, you said a lot of that too. You know, hire the right people. Once you step on set, your yeah. job's ninety percent done. Exactly. Wow, what a show! Do you realize that it's already been? Uh, let's see here. 51 minutes. I feel like we just started. I know. What a great show. Until uh, Adam there kicks us out, I feel yeah. like we should keep going. Well, I mean, I, at some point, I've got, I've got people to... I've got people, you have a whole clan. I've got a clan. They're, they're wondering where I'm at. You do have a clan. Well, I've been, I've been drinking bourbon. I'm going to show up to pick up my kids. I'm like three bourbons deep. Good. <laughs> Come on now. That means you need some time to chill before you, <laughs> I need some, you know, go I'm, do I'm your fine. other activities. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And these are the type of... Co- can I have some more bourbon? Uh, no. <laughs> These are the type of conversations we're having on Slack. So, again, if you are a new listener, if you've just tuned in, if you just went to iTunes, if you were a PA and decided <clears throat> today I'm a I am a grip and you yeah. went to iTunes and searched filmmaking podcasts because that's what you do now as a grip. You now listen and you learn. <laughs> You found us. I think a lot of groups would be like, I don't know <laughs> yeah, about yeah. that. You yeah. found us uh, on there, and you said, let's check out these guys. And so this is the first episode. First of all, I want to say welcome to the show. Yeah. Second of all, I want to say get involved, listen to some more episodes, and reach out. Go to fdbpodcast.com, sign up, join the Slack group. Frank will get you in there. Uh, we do kind of kind of approve who who comes in. We want to make sure they are filmmakers, so we usually ask for a reel, that sort of thing. We want to kind of know what you're doing. Uh, we, we're trying to keep away all spam and bots and yeah. weird, like, Eastern European hookers. What? Although That's that might thing. be fun to enter into our Slack group. <laughs> that could be interesting. See how that pans out. I loved your latest project. <laughs> yeah. Would you like yeah, to yeah. meet up? Would you like to shoot mine? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so anyway, but we do have a great group. And those are the type of questions. Those are the type of conversations that we are having on the show. It's, it's important. And in the Slack group. We're here's talking the, about this. Here's things. the fun thing, though. If you go to iTunes and you search filmmaking, yeah. you only have to go seven podcasts deep to find us. Yeah. yeah. We're on and, the front page. And, you know, as we're talking about that, like, I just want to reiterate, too, this, this sort of community deal. We've got several threads, okay? So our, our threads in the community are – we've got one for gear for sale where people are listing gear – for sale, so mm-hmm. um, this is great. I just got a response on some LEDs that I'm that I'm selling. Um, we've got other people on here that we've got somebody selling a 5D Mark III. You'll probably get a good deal on. Here's something funny. I just joined that group because yeah. I didn't know it existed. It's awesome. Well, you you <laughs> created it last week. You you recommended it. I said, well, yeah, it should yeah. be a good idea. Yeah. So, and here's the thing: you're going to get a good deal. And on our Slack group, because everybody's trying to look out for each other, and yeah. we wanted to go to somebody who's going to do something cool with it. Yep. We've got a feed for the podcast. It's literally called the FTB Podcast Channel, and that's where any conversation having to do with the show, that's where you have that. Um, let's see here. Green Room, uh, general conversation. Green Room. There's a one for bourbon, one for editing, Gear reels. Talk. You can yeah. post your reel and get feedback and, and share it. So that's the type of community that we, uh, we're having. It's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, Yeah. it's fun. I get like 30 updates a day. And to your point for the show, and again, if you are listening the first time, please, if you enjoy this sort of aspect of the community, 
um, and what we're talking about and who we're connecting with, please leave a review on rate and review on the podcast. It's and, important. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the, the it farther we climb up that ladder, like right now we're number seven. We climb up that ladder, we get more views, more eyeballs, more sure. potential guests of interesting people. Like last week, yeah, with a you know awesome director, we can have people like that on. Yeah, they can or, talk about their experiences. Or Gary Busey. Or Gary Busey. So here's here's let's just read let's just read one. This is uh, I haven't read, looked in a while. I'm gonna read one of these just so you know uh, what's happening here. This is from C Dub eighty two. Even though I work in production daily, there's not a lot of people in my daily life to chat shop with. Mm. I really dig the conversations in the podcast. Had to bring my rating down to a four after Brandon trashed people from Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember this. I do not remember this. You trashed people I from may, Atlanta? I, maybe I did. Maybe what? I don't know that. I, I think I did. How did that happen? Well, remember there was an episode where I talked about uh, – we were drunk after a shoot one night in Atlanta, and I just wanted to dance, and none of the nightclubs would let me in. What? Did, no. I, did I tell that story? I didn't hear about any of that. Man. Maybe I wasn't here. I don't I've, know I've been that out I, for a while. I don't but. know that I trashed Atlanta. Oh, my God. Wow. I've, I, I want to apologize to Atlanta right now. I love Atlanta. <laughs> I love Atlanta with all my heart. Uh, but, you know, whatever I said was probably true. <laughs> Let's be honest. In the moment. But anyway, that's fun. So that's a cool one. Uh, here's one from DP. Great resource for filmmakers at all level. A good way to keep focused and keep moving forward when you're on the move. That's a fun little. That's good. Did you post that DP? No. Was that your own little post? No, not review. At all. You see any cool reviews? John Schmidt DP. That's it. Oh, yeah. You got any? Uh... Dangerously friendly. <laughs> Love this one. <laughs> If you're not careful, you'll end up like me, thinking that you've been best friends, thinking that you're best friends with the host, only to realize that you've never met. However, they're actively bridging the gap by physically meet their listeners whenever possible. Uh, they are just fun guys that are easy to relate to and love to share what they know. Definitely worth a Dangerous really <laughs> Nice. Nice. Yeah. Speaking no, that is Jesse James. That is true. Whenever, whenever we're traveling, whenever in yeah. production cities, we always try to shout out for a FTB meetup. Uh, unique. Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> you, Dustin Ward. Here's yeah. one. Unique, smooth, with a kick. Uniquely. My yeah. go-to production shop talk and bourbon podcast. It's a combo. We're the only one, <laughs> it, but it's his go-to. It's his go-to, unless there's been another one that's popped up. No. It's his go-to. That's our enemy. Uh, a must-listen a must listen for anyone in the film industry who enjoys working hard and playing hard. Love it. That's great. Oh, God. These are fun. Did you read the, the next one down? No. 19, 1893 production is the best no. with three exclamation points. <laughs> As a film teacher, I find myself not only listening to FTB frequently, but also recommending it to my students. <laughs> the inf- What? Hopefully they're of age. The information is accessible and professional at the same time, giving listeners an awesome blend of fun and informational. I've grown so much as a filmmaker from listening to this podcast and cannot recommend it highly enough. Keep up the great work, guys. Nice. Sweet. That's yes. awesome. Keep recommending it to your students. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What uh, else? Um, now we're just having fun. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. There's one. Here's one. Um, so helpful. This pot, This is from The Gun, 111. Mm. This podcast has helped me to grow as a filmmaker and a teacher of film with each episode. The information and content is always relevant and fun. They get better with every episode. Great job, guys. Perfect. That's good. Well, thank you. Thanks to everyone who rate and reviewed the podcast. What are we up to now? Um, We're up to... 
We had a goal at yeah. one point. I don't know. We have... Uh, We've got 73 ratings. Yeah, we are a, still a four and a half star podcast. Yeah. Our true goal in life, the show might end. Well, I don't want to say no. that, but our true goal, we just want five stars. It's, even if it's for a day. Yeah. So if you're listening, again, we love you. Show some love back. Give us a rating and a, and a great review. Uh, yeah. Have your friends, your mom. Here's the thing. Your, your sister. Have them all rate. I want to I wanna throw a shout out to Izzy G back from February 3rd of last year. All right. And ask that person to change their review based on the information mm. provided since. Is this the person who the gave us a one? The title is, no, it's a three, but the title is Lost the Spark. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I began person. listening since the launch, launch of the episode yeah. two or three and quickly fell in love with Brandon and Alex's passion for their craft. Hmm. And there was nothing more inspiring than listening to them talk shop and talk about what they love. Yeah. However, <laughs> as of the recent batch of episodes, each one seems to be an hour-long commercial. Oh, uh, we did get a little salesy. For whoever they happen yeah. to have on. Okay, yeah. so we've addressed that. We got a little salesy. Obviously. Well, here's the thing. When when yeah. somebody decides, hey, I'll give your listeners you know, $500 worth of merchandise – you have to give them some airtime. Yeah. Um, however, we've we've since sort of transitioned. We're not doing that as much. We're back to fireside chat. We are just the original formula. <laughs> me and you drinking bourbon and talking about whatever we want to yeah. talk about. So anyway, Izzy G, if you feel compelled, right? This is my In, motivation to you sure. to re-rate. Yeah. Tell us what you really. Yeah. Feel. Give us a. Give us a, a. Can you delete your your old rating? I think. You, well, you can change it. Huh. Yeah. Maybe get a review. And then we had like initially like the first person ever. Like when we were just getting started, basically yeah. gave us a zero. For and then and didn't, we challenged, didn't, didn't provide a thing. And didn't have yeah. the guts to show themselves. Because we invited them to come on the show. Yeah. We wanted them to be a special guest, call in on the show, yep. just to hear their point of view. Like we want to know why were you why were you hating? And that that is an open offer. That will until we close this podcast down, yeah. That person is always welcome. To come on the show and tell us why they gave us a one. In fact, I will go a step further. Okay. I will put priority on anyone that has something constructive to say as far as, you know, ways to to better the podcast. Things I don't like, but here's what would make it better. Sure. Done. Yeah. What do we care? I'd much rather listen to you. Sure. Cool. You probably should have have your own podcast, whoever you are. Yeah. Call it one star. (laughs) Because you're the only star. Oh, You're the only Lordy. one. Anyways, Anyways, yeah, good times. We, we do. We are appreciative of everybody that has rated, yeah. reviewed, and even negatively. Like you know, you're providing constructive yes feedback. Well, so and you know, there's a lot that makes this show happen, and we really appreciate all the behind the scenes yeah. as well. The crew here at uh, Sound Images, our main sponsor, which Sound is <laughs> which is under which yeah. is under. New some management. significant change. There's a new management. We've got there are some shows coming up that you guys are going to be really excited about yeah. that I think are going to be really interesting, but uh these guys are they're they're in the midst of a metamorphosis. It's kind of enigmatic though. If you go to the website, it, it's just yeah, like it's like a plain white page. It's like come back later. And it says, <laughs> "We are under new management. If you want to know more, you can go to the legacy website." Yeah. I I'm, I'm <laughs> it's intrigued. Kind of cryptic. Dude, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I feel yeah. like somehow it's uh, you know, Somebody, somebody's, like, somebody died. You know what I mean? I don't think that. Somebody, they took somebody out. I just think somebody's you know? got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's big ideas There's for sure. ideas brewing. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, or distilling, however you want to yes. define that. And, I, and yeah. I do. The reason I wanted to call call them out is it does come back to the point we made with Josh. You know, when you build trust with people, when you partner with people, good things happen. We we are a family here uh, with Sound Images, Leap Frame, Alex Elkins, DP Corporation, LLC, <laughs> LLC. Uh, we're a family, so you know, yeah. yeah, we do the show and we have fun, but we also do projects. We work together, yeah. um, and you Kick know, work to each one. one yeah, we yeah. throw each other work. We recommend things to each other, and you know, if it's uh, something that we can't handle, but somebody else would do well, you know, we 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 throw that stuff around. And that's what you do when you build a community. True. It's all there about you go, that. man. Yep. Well, I thought it was a great show today. The I, I love the Slack show. We should make this a monthly thing where we just let the the people on Slack tell us what to talk about. At least I feel like this was one of the best shows I've ever been a part of. Yeah, Dude, we actually got through some really uh, was const- this the eight, this was ideas. the 80th show? Was this number eighty? Adam, can you confirm that? Was this eighty? Show eighty. This is the eightieth show. Wow, dude. When okay? When is our two year? I don't know. Do we know? I when, don't know. when was episode one? I have no clue. It's all there. Adam, is there a way to find out the when data, episode one? The data is there. Was po- you didn't do uh, until episode ten, it, but it's it's on uh, it's on SoundCloud. Episode ten would have been ten weeks after or nine weeks after episode one. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyways, it's coming up. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's good. We're we gonna have a celebration for a two year anniversary. There's gonna be two years celebration. Two for we're a toddler. A, we're about to be a toddler. It's a lot of podcasts. Yeah. It's a lot. That's crazy. It's crazy. Then we're going to go through our angry phase where we start challenging everything and testing yeah. the waters. Yeah. Anyway. So anyways. We'll grow up eventually. Good things coming uh, up um, in the in the coming weeks. We're going to yeah. hear a lot more about what's happening here at Sound Images. Yes. We're going to hear more about what's going on in your world. We're going to have some other guests. We're going to bring on a DIT. We are. We're going to bring on AC. a gaffer, AC. A lot of the positions. We have a few positions. Tech, tech positions. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, do, to respond to uh, whoever posted about meetups and stuff, I've been out of the state a few times recently, and I have not put forth the effort to set up a meetup. And I sure. apologize. Yeah, I always I will do. do that. You yeah, don't. I do. I will do that. Yeah, I'm sure there was Miami people that you could have hooked exactly. up. Exactly. South Florida, we, we could have put some together. Yeah. But uh, you from know what we've on, never done, though. Yeah, what's up? We've yet to do a Cincinnati meetup. Yeah, a lot of our people aren't even here. I know, but there are people that are here. Okay, we we've should yet, do it. We've yet to do a Cincinnati meetup. There's Columbus. Well, kind of. We did a, a watershed bourbon release there. True, that could have. But been. what I'm saying is, is you know, in yeah. our, in our own backyard, we could do one. And you know what that should entail and should involve is kill game. We should do a premiere slash God, meetup. Don't talk to me about kill game. Don't even. Oh, if yeah. I get one more rejection you, letter, <laughs> one more. Oh, we really loved your film. Yeah. However, yeah. However. That's the. We did not have enough slots. slots well, we for got your in really film late. Yeah. Too, but, but but there's still some on the table. We hopes. still got like ten on the table. We're not even halfway done. <laughs> we're not even halfway broken yet. Yeah. That's our right. hope. That's our right. hope. We'll, we'll... And when there's not hope, there's bourbon. <laughs> Cheers so. to that, man. <laughs> Cheers. Great close. <laughs> This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.